Welcome to Trust Me, the podcast. We are your hosts, Beth Finkel and Kiana Salucci. And we are here to share with you how we create magic in our everyday while balancing family, careers, and relationships. Hi, everyone. Hello, guys. How are you? How's your day going? We're coming to you live from like an actual bed chat because we're together. We are together. This is the first time since we started this podcast that we are together recording and I'm really excited about this. Miss Kiana, I almost said green, flew down um, yesterday evening and I am here and we are recording with the vibrations of both of us in one room together. And it's exciting. What are we talking about today? We are talking about doing it anyway and understanding that the time is now. The time is now. And we're going to dive deep into that. I love thinking about doing it anyway. Immediately, I'm like, okay, what's my mindset? Where, like, doing what? The things that scare you. Oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. We're getting into it. We're talking about, we're going to dive deep, doing the things that scare you. And the only reason why I feel so strong about this topic is because this is what I'm currently in, is doing the things that scare me. Yeah. And my motto for, like, the last, gosh, seven years, eight years have been, like, when your dreams, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. Well, I can tell you just from my like lived experience, I purposely would not take on big dreams that had any potential of failing. Hmm. And I did that really calculated for so long. But what I found myself was in a place of complacency, Mm -hmm. you know, boredom. That's a word that would come to mind. I felt like I avoided risks at all costs. And I did what I knew. That's, That's your brain though, right? Like your brain is there to protect you from the things that don't feel comfortable, the foreign things. Yeah. You know, so... A lot of times it's a mindset change that has to happen, that has to shift. Because your brain will tell you, Beth, you haven't been here before. This doesn't look familiar. Maybe you should slow down. Yeah. Your brain will tell you that every single time. Yep. Yep. You got to push past that. One of the things that comes to mind is public speaking. Yeah. So when I took a job about seven and a half years ago at the University of Delaware, I had a deathly fear of public speaking. Fast forward to today, when I have a TED talk that was picked up by TED with 50,000 listeners. Beth, when you sent that to me, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I think she is. Famous. And I was like, oh my gosh. She's famous. I know her. I kid you not, when you sent that to me, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it looks so normal for you. Like, yeah. Like you felt, you look like you were so comfortable so up there talking. Let's 
break that down a little bit. Yeah. I wasn't always, even in that moment, I was scared shitless. But it took me probably close to five years of putting myself out there, not really doing it great. Like when I first started public speaking, I would have way too much information in my presentation and I would totally like miss the audience, miss the mark. And because I was trying to sound like I knew what I was talking about. And since I was putting too many eggs in that basket, what I was missing was the connection and how people just wanted simple things to take away. But I felt like I had to show up always as the expert. Wow. So I've learned over time to put on a mindset of a learner. Even if I'm the one standing in the front of the room mic'd up, I still tell myself to this day, you're a learner. You're here to learn from everyone. You don't know it all. There's always something to learn. In every conversation that you have, in every presentation, if you don't walk away also learning, then then that was self-serving. You didn't serve your audience. Do you think like, was it fear-based? Was it like? Totally. It, I felt that I wasn't smart enough or I didn't have the vocabulary that was well-rounded enough. You know, that was, that's always been a self-limiting belief of mine is that I don't sound smart when I talk. So I would overcorrect to try to have it all put together, but it would just miss the mark. And I definitely, when I started putting myself out there, got a little better each time and found my sweet spot. So I would watch people who present. And I would take what I liked and I would leave the rest. And I would just keep putting myself out there. Building my own presence, my own brand in a way. And trying, I feel like when I can speak from lived experience, that's when I get the most responses about how I've impacted someone. When I try to show up as the expert and cite the research that never hits her. It's not authentic. It's not authentic. And people want to feel connected. They want that authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing too, from what you said, is just like passing past that fear. Again, it's a mental thing. Your brain will tell you, you don't belong here. Yep. This is, this is a big leap for you. It's like, slow down a little bit. Yep. But, and it's only because it's, you've never been there before. And I know there is a lot of people out there that have those things that they think about on a daily. So rather it's whatever your true passion is. Mm-hmm. If it's going back to school, if it's going for that job position that you have in your career, if it's starting that business. If, if it's doing something for yourself. Doing something for yourself. you're so used to showing up for everybody for everyone else. else. That it's scary. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you that the best things come out of fear. And I feel like we were always told that failure should never be an option. We were always told that if you fail at something, you lose. 
And I feel like that's the biggest misconception. There's no victory without you failing. There's no victory without getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Either. Doing the things that scare you. Yep. And I am constantly, and I'm laughing because I'm constantly doing the things that scare me. And you would think that it gets easier over yeah. time, and it doesn't. It looks like it gets easier. No, Beth, I, I, if I were to sit here and assess sort of like you and me, like you take really big swings. And don't worry, I'm not going to do a whole lot of like sports analogy, right. but I feel like you swing for the fences where like for me, like I do calculated bumps. Like I know exactly what I need to do to like move me to like that next step. But it, it's really hard for me to have this big audacious goal without saying, do you deserve that? Why would that be you? There have been times that there were stages that I should have been on because of my position that I've given to other people out of fear of not succeeding on them. It's crazy that you say that because if I was talking to Dan, right, he would sit here and he'd be like, oh, only if you knew. I literally, perception's a bitch, just to let you know that, right? I'll, like, I literally throw tantrums. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting totally vulnerable, but I throw tantrums every time. I mean, there's been times where I was on a stage teaching hundreds, and I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm even gonna say thousands of people. I'm gonna go to that number because I do believe that's what it was. And right before I went on stage, I would throw a tantrum. I would be in the bathroom pacing, like, why did you even do this? <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with yes. you? Who told you that you could do this? Yes. Why, why like why do you keep putting yourself in these kind of positions where you feel like you're gonna get sick? Why do you keep doing it? Yeah. And the only thing that comes to my mind every single time is because I want more. Yep. And every single time we're big change, and I've expressed this to very, not that many people, but every time big change comes knocking, when opportunity comes knocking, I'm not, I don't take it gracefully. Like, oh, I've been waiting for you. Come in. <laughs> and that's what it may Let seem me like. Make you a Let me make you a plate. <laughs> like, it may seem like that, but I throw a tantrum. You're like, no, bitch. Every Leave it. single time. Every single time. Leave it where you entered it. Dan's like, hey, if you go over this one more time, and I, I when I mean tantrums, guys, I mean, like, the tears, the thoughts, the can't sleep, the oh my, like, I mean it all. Like I'm like I am a three year old toddler. Yeah. Well, that's your process, and that's how I process it till this day. And and you know the changes that we've made constantly for like the last gosh, fourteen years. Yeah, I throw a tantrum every single time. It is very hard for me, and I want to say that in the sense of like it is hard. Change is hard. Doing the things that scare you are scary as fuck. I'm going to be honest you with you. You can say that. We're marked. It is, it is very, it's scary. We're getting explicit. But that here. does not deter me from doing it. Well, the reason it probably doesn't deter you is because you've probably seen some level of something on the other end of that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the scream of, like, like I said, the tantrums that I throw, the fits that I throw every single time, the I want more 
screams louder than that. Yeah. And to me, that's what I chase. Yeah. See, I want more. And it's not like, and I don't want to say that in a sense of like, I'm not grateful for the things that I have. I just know that, that I am had capable you had of way more of and I want more. Yeah. I remember talking to my therapist and, you know, and she knows me like in a deeper level. And I remember talking to her and I'm like, and I like, I go to her with my tantrums, right? I'm like, why do I keep adding things to my plate? I know that I am busy, the kids, the school, my husband's an entrepreneur, my wife an entrepreneur, I, I am an entrepreneur. Why do I want to open another salon suite in Maine? I don't even know anyone. I don't have clients. Why am I doing this? What is wrong with me? Yeah. And she was just like, I don't know. You got to ask yourself that. What, what have you always wanted when you were younger? Well, I think going back to who you are, that yeah. question, you're a creator. Yeah. Deeply rooted creator. Yeah. And so when you create and that thing is done, it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. I will say for me, failure, even in the smallest of form or the biggest form, take time to really look at what that lesson is from your failure. It's huge. That's major. Because you're leaving a lot of goodness on the table. If you don't slow down and, and, you know, if you have to throw yourself a pity party after you fuck up, yeah. do that. But do it fast. Yep. Throw Get yourself a pity party. Yep. Get your tantrum out of the way. You know, pat your ego. Give it some chocolate ice cream. But you don't deserve anything more or less than anybody else. Yep. So learn from your failures. And I have learned when I do that, things that I classified as something I maybe wanted become something I need because mm -hmm. I was that close. When I was training, this was right after college, I was training for the Boston Marathon. I had run three marathons leading up to it. You have to qualify. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what the number is, but I think you have to have like, at, for my time, I had to have like eight 25 minute miles or like 26 miles. And I had already missed it on two marathons. I was going for my third one. I was like, it was in Atlantic City and I was so close. I missed it by six seconds. Like I was trying so hard to qualify for this marathon. It was three years in the making to the point where I was ripping off my outer layers on the boardwalk and thinking that was going to speed me up. You know, but it was just the wind was against me that day. It was on the boardwalk. I tried my best. I missed it by six seconds. As I'm walking back to the start, I see a homeless person wearing my shit that I threw off my body. Now, do you think I was focusing on any gain there? <laughs> I was pissed. I was pissed. And I was out of like a $50 thermal running shirt that's now on a homeless person. So all I was in, the mindset I was in was my gap. Yep. So Dan Sullivan, who is, uh, you know, he's a leadership consultant in the space. I listen to a lot of his work when he talks about setting your mindset up for the gap and the gain. The, if you can, you can always find a gap. 
you can always find a gain. But if you start to train your brain to look for the gain, the gap doesn't feel that hurtful. So I could have said, you know, I missed it by six seconds. I'm out of a shirt. You know, my body hurts. I wasted all this money. That's the gap. In hindsight, what I would have done is focused on how lucky am I that I have physical ability to and money to pay for these races that are astronomical and privileged to get there. And I had my whole family there watching me who have never run a race to this amount. Wow. And it's like, I wasn't focused on any of that. I was only focused on what I didn't get. And now, you know, as I've learned from that, I try to, you know, if I have to have that pity party, I will. But I get it over with quick. I don't let myself drown in sorrows for too long. Not that you don't, but you got to get out of that. So you can get back into the mindset of like, what did you gain here? Yeah, use it as fuel. Use it as fuel. And I think that's the, that's, that's a hard thing to do. It's not, and I don't want to, none of this is easy. You said something earlier about easy and I forget the quote that she used, but none of this is easy. Nothing that is worth it is ever, comes easy. It doesn't. And so when I say this to you guys, I'm not saying I'm not magical. I mean, some people could say I'm magical, but I'm not. Like, I don't have any kind of magic powers. I don't pull out these ideas and get this fortitude to out of nowhere. It is like, it is challenging. It is hard. Yeah. Sometimes you second guess. Sometimes you don't know if you're capable. But if there is something that I would like to impact on or just leave for you guys is the fact that like, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you're waking up thinking about that you want to do, that you want to try a place that you want to be a person that you want to be. The time is now. Yeah. It doesn't get easier. There's never the right time. There's never the perfect time. The time starts when the thought comes to your head Yeah, and you know, everyone has intuition. And if you just focus and get in tune with that, you know, when the time is. Yeah. And the time is always now. And a lot of times, Dan and I talk about the macro and the micro. Mm. And I think that once I could categorize these two and understand where I'm at and where I'm going is when I was able to navigate. And some of the things that I would think about that I wanted to do is so beyond, so so large and so big that they seem unattainable. Yeah. They seem like, oh, there's nothing. I can never, poor little me, I could never reach those heights. Yeah. I could never do those things. No one would ever listen to me. I don't know enough to speak. I don't, all these things, like I said, your brain will talk you out of anything that you yeah. want to do. Yeah. And if you could push past that and focus on not just the macro, what, and the macro is very important because that's your destination. Mm. That's where you want to go. Right. That play, that changes all the time. Right. But if you could picture that part, that's okay to picture your destination, but it is the micro things that you do every day that are super important. Yeah. Cause those small things will one day amount to that big thing. 
Yeah. And I say that because a lot of times, like I was like talking to Dan and I was like, you know what? One day I want to write a book. Mm. I've never written a book before. I don't know how to write a book. I don't even know exactly what this book will be about. <laughs> I have no idea. I just know that one day I want to write a book. Yeah. That's my macro, right? One day I want to reach those heights. And right now when I look at it, if you were to write a book tomorrow, I have no idea where to start. I don't even know what to do. I don't know how much it costs. I know nothing. Yeah. I don't even know the content of this book, right? But when I think about the small things that I want to do, the, I want to start a podcast. Just to get the ideas. I want to have those conversations. I want to start those small little things, those small little habits every day. Yeah. And that's what it is. I remember when... And rather, I don't want to get too spiritual, but I'm a very spiritual person. So rather it's, you know, energy that you believe in, vibrations you believe in, God. I personally believe in God. But I remember when after I had Indy and I was going through my phase of like, who am I right now? What's going on? You know, I'm just trying to figure those things out. And I remember having a conversation with my therapist and she's like, so what's the next step? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I want to do hair again, but I don't know how. I don't know. Like, you would think I own a salon, right? Yeah. How do you jump back into it? Right. And those things seem so foreign to me. And I remember going on a lot. I think I even went on, like, my Instagram store. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going on an interview. This is going to be good. Like, thinking that I had it. Like, I'm Kiana Salucci. Like, I'm going to get this job, right? It's like, see, this is why you're overconfident. So I went into this (laughs) interview. And I left like, I don't know if I got that job. <laughs> it was like a whole different thing. And I went on a couple of different interviews and nothing was feeling right. Right. Nothing right. was feeling right to me. Nothing I remember was like, you calling me and you're like, the salon had like zebra print or something. It like, wasn't it was me. Like, it wasn't me. And it was just like, you're like, I don't know that you were feeling your vibration around it and like your intuition around it. It's like, I know I want this. That's the macro. The micro for you was going on these interviews. interviews. And it was the most humbling feeling in the water. Yeah. It was the most humbling feeling I've ever experienced. And I think because I went into these interviews thinking it was still Westchester PA. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Oh, you know, they know who they know who I am. Right. And it was like, no, 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 they don't. Right. And I went into these interviews and nothing felt right. And a part of me thinks that I was looking for velvet or something like that there. Yeah. And I wasn't finding it. But I didn't feel right. And I was like, and Dan, of course, is like, well, you can't find it, create it. Yeah. And of course the tantrum comes. There's no way I can create it. I don't know anyone. You're saying these things, you're pulling them out of your ass right now. Like, I can't start a business and not have clientele. Like, come on, that's crazy. <laughs> And I remember thinking like, okay, my husband has literally reached a point of no return. He's insane. And there's no one I ever knew that opened a salon that didn't have a client. No one I knew. Right. <laughs> so and he was like, okay, maybe it's someone you don't know, but like you can be that person. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, he's literally like just going insane. So I remember praying that night and praying like these feelings are in me. Yeah. I can feel them. The need, the want to create something, but I don't know where to start. And I've never experienced creating something like that. First off, I can't imagine the conversations that you and Dan have. Because first off, 
you both are like that. So there's no real like boundaries around like what's possible. And there's no like we need ultimate, a mediator sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like you're his hype man, he's your hype man. Like I could see that getting a little hostile. crazy. Yeah. We need a mediator sometimes. That's when my therapist comes along. He needs to get one too. But no, like so we so I I remember saying, like, literally getting on my knees, saying a prayer, like God, please, you've given me this. I can feel it. What do I do with this? Yeah. What do I do? And like I said, whether it's God, energy, whatever it is you believe in, if you believe in something bigger than yourself, tune into that. And that's what I did. I was like, if you're giving me this feeling, I'm scratching this itch, I can feel it. What am I supposed to do with it? Right. And I remember, just show me a sign. So a few days later, Dan and I went out to eat. And we were sitting at the bar while our table was getting ready. And while we were doing this, this lady walks in with her husband. She's like, they're in like their 60s. And they walk in. And I remember looking at her haircut like, oh my gosh, I love her haircut. So needless to say, we end up sitting together at this bar, having a conversation. And we talked for like the entirety of this, of us sitting there. And she was from Boston. Her husband and her just moved. And she's asked me what we did here. We told her we care for the cannabis industry. And they said that they were partakers in the cannabis and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, why are you here? And I was like, you know, you know, I'm a hairstylist. I own a salon. I go back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, my gosh, can you cut my hair? I don't have a hairstylist here. And that was the second. That was all I needed. That was your sign. That was all I needed. And I say this, and I still get goosebumps because two days before, I just manifested and I asked, I was like, Give me a sign. Mm. I know this is real. Yeah. I know this feeling isn't going anywhere. But give me a sign that I need to create this. And when this person, this stranger, said, can you cut my hair? I looked at her. I was like, yes. But I don't have a salon yet. Can I have (laughs) information? And I literally went online, Googled hair salons just to kind of see if there's anything I missed that, you know, any salon that I missed, and I I googled um, Met Salon Block, and it came up, and it was a suite, and I was like, "There's no way." And it was open. It was open. I went to an interview. They had one suite left available. That's crazy. And I signed my lease that day. And it was so. That is so foreign to me. I will have to say because there's so many question marks in that plan. Yeah, so many. So many. So many. Which scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It's not even my story. Oh, and I'm scared. Actually, you're successful at this. We should like drop the, the line to say it has been successful. Yes, it worked. But even you telling me this story, I'm scared like osmosisly through you. It was scared. I mean, still to, to this day, but like I remember being terrified. Like, what did I just do? What did I just do? I don't know anyone. I yeah. knew this one person. But, and I say all of this to say is the fact that like all it took was that one person. Yeah. And sometimes we get in our heads about the things that we can't do. Right. And it's like, what about the things that you can do? And the second that I feel like that idea is taking space in your head, that means you were capable. Yeah. Well, that's the gap in the game. Yeah. If you're training your brain to stay in the gap, only the negative bias will continue to come to you. Yep. That is what you'll see. If you train your brain to seek the positive and seek out the potential, your channels start to open up. And guess what, guys? If it didn't work out, then it just wouldn't have worked out. Right. 
But I knew that I tried. I knew that I did that. I knew that I explored those heights that I didn't even think were possible. And there would have been a lesson there. A huge lesson. And you would have transformed that into something else. Right. And I think that that's what we have to do. We have to be willing. And sometimes we look for others, right? We look for family members to understand the vision. We look for even our Valid, husbands or wives. validation. To, exactly. We look for all these other people. And sometimes no one's going to understand it but you. And no one has to co-sign it but No you. one has to co-sign it. So if it's something that you can feel, that you know, hey, like if I can do this, this will happen. If I, you know, sacrifice this, that could happen. Yeah. Go through it. Yeah. Do it. I've never met someone that tried something that was like, huh. I'm worse. I'm, I'm worse I'm off, worse off. that. I'm worse off. I suck more. I suck more. <laughs> and if they do say that, it's because they are so trapped in their own mind. They and they weren't find... willing to get uncomfortable. Yep. And they are so trapped in their own mind that they can't find the lesson in it. Yeah. They can't find yeah. the true experience in it all. There's going to be some things that you try that just don't work. And the other thing too is set the bar really high. Yeah. You know, there's no timeline on that big audacious dream. Yeah. So whether, you know, when I think about manifesting and I'm reading a book right now, I can link it up in the show notes, but essentially what it says is like, get as detailed as possible. Mm-hmm. Picture it. What Keep it layering like? what it in. It what like? does it smell like? Yep. You know, what do you wake up thinking about mm-hmm. when you're there? Do those things. Yeah. I remember as a kid that, oh, it, it, like it almost makes me a little teary-eyed. But I remember as a kid, my dad, every day, I kid you not, from elementary school to high school, we would leave the house getting ready to get on the bus. And he would stop us in his tracks every time. He goes, what you going to be today, leader or follower? <laughs> every single day. And then when I was a kid, I hated it. Yeah. I'm like, dad, we're going to be leaders. We're going to be leaders. Why God are you asking me the same question for decades? We're going to be leaders. And that stuck with me forever. Oh, and man. I feel I like bumps. I've always chose to lead. Yeah. And that can be a leader to others by being an entrepreneur. But I go deeper. And I want to say that, like, the leader, I'm the leader of my life. Mm. And you guys have to be the leader in your life. Your personal life, not your family, not, you know, just because you choose what's for dinner or pick the kids up or yeah. you're the one that's running the household. I'm talking about the leader in your life. Yeah. You have to choose that. And, or if you don't, you're going to live a life that's not fulfilling. And that's the thing too. You also want to be present in your life. Yeah. Because I know so many people, especially our parents and older, where how often do you hear like, I'll do that when I retire or, you know, I'll retire when and then I'll go on. Like, no, I'm trying to live a life. The time is now. The time is now. And I'm trying to find micro moments of joy every day. day. Even if it's not that big trip, like, can I go on a hike outside of my, you know, in my, off my backyard? Like, are there moments that I can be in control to find that joy that you talk about. It's so important. And I think for, you were talking about our parents' generation, it was so different. Like I'm the first generation of business owners. Like, yeah. you know, my parents didn't own business. They didn't know anything about running a business. 
you know, I'm the first generation. So already I started from the bottom, the start of just being curious. Yeah. And reading and being more curious and being more curious and being more curious and running and chasing a direction that was foreign. Whatever that is inside of you, and I'm trying to be more like that, is you're open to the universe showing you. It always will. Yeah. Which I can't say that's natural for me, but I'm trying to be more open to what is possible that I may not know yet. Yeah. Willing. I think that a part of it, I grew up very spiritual. My dad is a minister. And I, so I think that that part of my soul yeah. is more open to things like that. And my intuition is something that I'm very, very much in tune with. And if you know me, you know how my intuition works. Oh, crazy. Crazy. And like sometimes it's it scares me. It's almost like you're a porous sponge. Oh my like gosh. Like you just are taking things in and yeah. in a moment you can say like, okay, wait, something, no. Like you don't always know exactly why it's, yeah. you know, not right. But you know it's not right. And like I said earlier, like, it all it scares me every time. Yeah. But it does. That's not enough to stop me. Remember when I'm you in, um, dreamt about what I was going to name Lucas? Okay. <laughs> so this for, is, I was this like, is, no, this, this is, this is, this, this is, is a story God, for this all This is a story. I kid you not. So Beth and Mike have a baby. Mind you, the whole time I'm like talking about, how are you feeling? You're going to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, any names, any names? And she goes, I don't know. I no, I did know. Okay, I thought yes. I was going to name him yes. Declan. Yes, I remember. And like you, and and I, I don't think you guys were sharing names. No, we, okay, we never share names because I never name them until I see their face. faces. That's what it was. And she's like, I don't know. I was going to see him. Got to see him. So they had the baby. They said on a mask. I like make like, the the nurse like yep. clean the baby up. Mike's like, come on. I'm like, no, I don't want all the squishy, squuzzy. I need to see the pure. I want to see baby. the baby, yeah. how the hair sticks up from various places, where the hair is. You know, I need to see their yeah. face. And I remember you guys or Mike sending the text and you were like, I think we were like talking or, or he said something. He sent a, and I looked at the baby and I was like, and we were like, oh, any names yet? He was like, no, we're on day. How long did it take? Three. Yeah, Three I think he was like, we're on day two of, you know, not naming it. And I'm like sitting there cracking up. And I literally looked at the picture and I said, God, I'm the truth. Dan, you know this. You're my witness. I looked at Dan and I said, <laughs> looks like a Lucas. Said that clear as day. And I told no one that. No one. I literally said, Dan, he looks like a Lucas. And it was like the next day. And you guys text the name, and Dan goes, Key, what the hell? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know. And he's like, literally, and I was like, so I was even nervous that sometimes it wasn't even on my top. You know That's how you have said. a list of names? Yes. That wasn't even on the list yes. as a choice. Yep. But when I saw him, I'm like, and that's not like even now when I look at him, yeah. he's definitely a Lucas. Yes, yes. But like that would never have been a name that I chose. It just came out, and when I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, he looks like a Lucas. And I didn't think nothing of it. It was just, it came out, I said it, it's done. And when you guys sent the name, I oh, literally, I Dan looked at it and he was like, get it again. <laughs> here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so needless to say, guys, I'm so in tune with it. And I know when you get that fire 
that feeling, even when you know that what you're doing isn't fulfilling, yeah. isn't it. When you get that feeling, start entertaining the things that you love. I love that. Like, and I had that feeling at the end of my last job. You I was did a major change. Major change, you know, totally different function in the organization. More of a, It was really hard for me to get curious because I was comfortable at my last job. I knew the people. I had, you know integrity there people knew me they were willing to put their neck on the line for me you were rooted rooted i didn't think i was ever gonna leave but i started to bet on myself and i started to think about okay how do you continue to fulfill yourself even beyond your job right like so much of my worth even a couple of years ago was tied to my job and a job is not going to think twice about letting you go. So I started to bet on myself and say, okay, I need to be fulfilled. I need to be helpful. I need to be in a servant leadership position. And oh, by the way, that's just one part of my life, Mm -hmm. right? And so what else am I doing to contribute? That's where things like the podcast came into play. The TED Talk, betting on myself that I'm worth that. I'm worth taking that risk on. And I feel like if you are contemplating or if you have have had this thought, that feeling, we've all had them. Yeah. Sometimes we might ignore them, thinking that it goes away, but we know it doesn't ever go away. And as simple as this is going to sound very cheesy, but Dan and I do this all the time when we're getting ready to make a big decision or we're trying something new, which... Happens pretty often. Yeah. But we take a piece of paper and we split it down in half and we go pros and cons. Oh, I love that. And it's simple. You learn that in elementary school, true right? Truest time. Yeah. Truest time. Pros and cons. You told me to do this. this. And it is like when not choosing to take the new job or not. Yeah. Back, like, every situation. It. Every situation. I don't care how big, how small. And the reason why we do that, because you get your thoughts out of your head. Yeah. And you put them on paper. No longer are they in your head anymore. Because right? a lot of times when things are floating in your head, your head gets filled up and it's right. too much right. to even like bear. So if you put it on paper, that means you you let it out and that's the first step. So when you do the pros and cons list, that will show you, is this even worth entertaining? Yeah. What are the pros? What can I get out of this? What are the things that could happen? Right. On paper. There you go. And the biggest thing for me I was afraid of was flexibility and not knowing, like I was afraid I was going to go into an organization that didn't know I was a hard worker and I was going to get shit done and that I was going to be plopped into like a really rigid nine to five schedule. And it's nothing but it's, it's a culture that is unseen in any other organization that truly values people. And, but if I wasn't able to say, let me take this risk, I would have just been stuck in comfort zone. When people come to me with ideas of where they want to be or what they want to do, um, and most of them are just family and friends, people that I'm close with, I say, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, what are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah. What are you willing to give up to have this? Yeah, I think sacrifice definitely came into play. And I don't want to stay within with, within means, right? But what are you going to give up? And a lot of the time when 
you are chasing something that's new, something different. Yeah. There's something you have to give up. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes, most of the time, it's time. Yeah. And the Which reason why I said money? that, because now we're going to go back to the micro and the macro, right? So say if you want to open a candle company and your thing has been candles, you think about it, you love it, you're excited about it, you've always wanted to do this, but you do not know how to fit it in with your full-time job. Yeah. You come home to your cage, you've got a cooked dinner, you're so in routine of your life and there seems like there is no extra time that you yeah. can fit in this quote-unquote hobby. Yeah, that you want that you wish could one day be your career or your your job of choice, or you're planting seeds, planting seeds. So it has to be a sacrifice. Yeah, the small things you do every day that can reach that macro, that end goal. Yeah. So if it's you have this candle company, or you want to start this candle company, and this is something that you're really into, maybe you can't scroll on TikTok. For an hour. Right. And you need to take that hour of your time to focus on candles. Yeah. So that's read a book, that's play with them, that's create essential oils, whatever it is that that job needs or that yeah. hobby or whatever needs, whatever you need to feed it, that's what you need to focus on. Yeah. So let's just say it's going to take an hour of your time every day and you are going to need to research it. You are going to need to play around with it, experiment. Mm-hmm. You are going mm-hmm. to need to do it, right? It's a sacrifice. Yeah. You're trading in that time that you can be spending scrolling. But it's investing into that macro, that big picture. That's what it is. Because yeah. if you look at some people, sometimes we look at people, especially with like social media. They give up before like, they even how get they, started. How do they have all the time? Yeah. You can't yeah. buy time. Yeah. No matter how rich you are. No. You can't buy time. You see, You have the same amount of time in a day it's not renewable it's not renewable you get the same 24 hours as everybody else what do you choose so maybe if you can't get that coming home from work at 5 30 you have to get the kids maybe you don't get that time yep but maybe if you got out 30 minutes before yep 30 minutes before you usually get because honestly it's the way you talk to yourself too Mm -hmm. it's not even allowing yourself to go the opposite like for me Finding that time a lot of times looks like getting up in the early morning to get in movement, meditation, what have you. And I will tell you nine out of 10 times, I don't want to get up. No, But I've learned to tell myself, this is what you do now. This is what we do now. We get up, we move our bodies, even if it's not perfect. We have a few minutes and I, I, I lay there, I meditate, I try to see what's surfacing for me, mm-hmm. but that is ritual now. My, my parents used to say when I was younger, do what you have to, so you can do what you want to. Yeah. Right. And at that time it's clean your bedroom yeah. so you can go outside and play. Yeah. Right. But at this time in our life, I hope it's still not like that, but <laughs> it's. Do what you have to. So if that is, I need to wake up an extra 30 minutes. And get your mind right. Get my mind right. So you can do what you want to. So I can do what I want to. And that could be showing up for your kids. That could be being on in a meeting. That could be in the right headspace. Whatever whatever that that macro is. Yeah. And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that macro has to be opening a business. Right. That macro could be more present with your kids. Yeah. That macro is 
could be, you know, just carving out more time for your family. Or just doing for something yourself. for yourself. Working that, out. Yeah, like uh, you don't meditating. need to monetize, yeah. right? Like yeah. I think at some point with us in our generation, everything needed to have a dollar sign attached to it. That yeah. was our currency. And so to think about just doing stuff for quote unquote fun feels guilt like a guilty. That's what they called it. Yeah. Guilty, guilty pleasures. pleasures. Yeah. But we I mean, need I never things. Thought about that. Yeah, they called pleasure. it a yeah. guilty pleasure instead of self-care. My non-negotiables. Compassion. Like, these are the things that I need yeah. in order to thrive. And to, right. Like, these are my boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So retraining our brain to say, okay, these are my micro non-negotiables. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to get it perfect, but I'm going to at least try. I'm going to try. Because when you don't try, you don't move forward at all. And it's more of a headspace because, like I said, when we go back to those tantrums, I have those tantrums. Yeah. But that doesn't deter me. It doesn't stop. So I have those tantrums. My tantrums are like my way of like... <laughs> I'm saying tantrums. I'm like I'm talking about the kicking and screaming. Yeah, but they're my way of expressing like, oh my god, this doesn't feel like I, I'm nervous, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Yeah, but it's not enough to stop me from doing it. So you, whatever that looks like, maybe yeah. yours is in the tantrum. Maybe you know you deal with it. However it is, you deal with it. My natural desire is to quit. Yeah, like when things get hard, I want to just not try at all. I really have to work to push myself through. Even if it's to that point of failure, and I kind of talked about it with like some of the public speaking, fail, but fail fast. Yeah. Learn from it. Move on. Don't spend too much time giving yourself a pity party, but you have to try. That's true. Fast. Like you have to. Because if you don't, you're going to become complacent. Yeah. You know, I was told years, years, years ago that the richest place on earth is the graveyard. And I never understood it. You ever have those moments where you're like, like all like I feel like you're a quote book. Am I like I think I'm like an old white so I feel like I'm like okay. I feel like I should like long white hair and like we should probably be linking up the the people who said these I know, like we're coming for us. I can't like give me a dollar. Yeah, you're over here like a dollar per listen. But I kid you not, someone told us about the oldest or the the richest place in the world is the graveyard. And I never like I've heard it. Never paid any mind. And then one day I was sitting thinking about it. And I huh. was like, oh my God. It was like one of those like aha moments. I'm yeah. Like, off. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. Because Enlighten the us. graveyard is where all the dreams and aspirations go to die. Uh, all the inventors. Yeah. All the people that should have, could have, would have. All the but things they wish they did. All the things, that's where they go. And if you don't and they take didn't those believe things, in themselves. they didn't believe themselves. They waited for a community to get co-sign them. Yep. They needed all of these things. And it's like, no, you didn't. All you needed was yourself. Yeah. Because you are the driver of your life. Yeah. You are the leader of You're your life. You're the creator life. of your and own life. And if this is something that you want to do, you've got to do Dude, more than just that's want to. So right there, how powerful... Does that feel to, to speak that into yeah. existence? Yeah. I am the creator of my own life. Your own life. I don't think that's a normal thing that people think. It's not. But how many times have you looked at your side or looked at your life and go, what the hell happened? Yeah. Or like if you slow down and said like, why did I do that? Or like, why did I show up that way? Or like, why am I in this circle of this thing? Yeah. It's like you're doing it because other people or society. Influence you yeah. to do it. and. There's never a right time. 
by taking it each step of the way, you're getting a new element of fuel. Yeah. And that you would have otherwise been missing. Right. Mike started coaching Nicholas mm-hmm. pretty intently. And at first I was like feeling really bad for myself because what that means is I'm left with the other three kids. You know, sometimes he could be gone six hours a day if he's like away at a hockey tournament. So again, my mind was in the gap. Oh, I have to be the only one caring for the kids, blah, blah, blah. I train myself to think of the game and say how wonderful it is that you get to be the one carrying your kids around, you know, spending time with them. By the end of the season, people would come up to me and say, I see you have your three little ducklings following behind and Albany would be helping with Lucas and they would help pack the the craft bags. And it was such a proud moment for me when I was able to look back at at a thing that I didn't think I could do. That mindset. And it was just so powerful to be like, yeah, I, I rock that. Yeah. I had three kids with me in tow, traveling all over God's earth for these hockey tournaments so my husband could coach my son. And no, it wasn't easy. And yes, I was the mom sometimes that had to like pick them all up and remove them because they're fighting and screaming. But guess what? We figured it out. You figured it out. And I didn't put the pressure on myself that I have to care about what this person thinks of me. Or if like sometimes I had to pull out an iPad to diffuse the moment. Like, no, I was there. We were at a family union and I was proud of myself. And now I have this level of confidence as a mother that if I wouldn't have tried that, I would never have had that confidence that I had because it probably was a little bit of fear that was speaking first. Oh my God. I was, it was self pity. Yeah. 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 You were like, how, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. That this is annoying. Yeah. But as time went on and I got better at it and I started to plan better and I started, you know, getting up a little bit earlier and packing our lunches, it became a well-oiled machine. And I was proud of myself. I think that's what it was too. Like, this is what it is. And you yeah. can do it. I, I'm no different from anyone. I came from the same place. That, I love it. Um, you, know. you have to try. You have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Even if you have that big goal identified, what is the, what are the small steps that are going to get you there? Yep. And the more uncomfortable you are with those small steps, the more you know it's going to work. Do the things that scare you. If your dreams aren't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. And understand that the time is now. Yeah. Yeah. And And you're worth it. You're worth living a life that fulfills you. Yep. But in order to get that, you have to put yourself out there. Awesome. Well, this was a lovely conversation. This was a real... It was. And we're like literally... In bed. In bed chatting. With a candle on. With a candle. (laughs) I got my red wine. You got your orange juice. I got my seltzer water. seltzer water. And we are, we're just sitting here just So if you like you what you heard, give us a five stars. Give us a five star. Follow us, guys, at trustme underscore the underscore podcast. And thank you for sticking with us. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.